0: Hello, welcome, Um, it's so good to be here, greetings from Cornerstone City Church, Um, everybody sends their love, we love you guys and we think and pray for you often, Um, and I just had a bit of a word of encouragement for you. And um, I really felt like I was saying, God, what do you want to, how do you want to encourage sitting born, you know, hope church sitting born? And I really felt like God wanted to remind you of that verse where it says um, to not lose heart, um, it, to not grow weary in doing good, um, for at the right time, at the proper time, you're going to bear a harvest. Um, And don't give up. So that's what I felt like God wanted to say to you, that he sees all the seeds you've planted and they're precious. He sees everything you've done and he wants you to keep going. You're doing an awesome job. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Your harvest is coming. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I was going to get you guys to do, have we got time, Gordon, to do like one, two-minute sort of, task in the groups, yeah, yeah, really quickly, I'd love you in your on your tables to, um, you've got, you know, 30, 40 seconds each, answer this question, who influenced you for Jesus, what did they say and do that helped you become a follower of Jesus, so really, really quickly, 30 seconds each, who and what they said and did that influenced you for Jesus, really quickly in your groups, go for it, Okay, fantastic. I want you to remember what you heard at your table, okay? Because it'll be helpful as we we move our way through this. Okay, I want to share a story with you. A couple of years ago, I was on my way to an appointment in Maidstone, and just before I left home, I prayed, God, please give me an opportunity to share the gospel with some. Actually, no, I prayed, Lord, give me an opportunity to pray for someone. Like I wasn't really, I didn't have the courage to share the gospel with, with, with somebody at that time. But I just said, someone that I can pray with. I made it into the city centre and I got a little bit lost and I ended up parking in this, uh, it was like a dead-end street and I wasn't sure if I was allowed to park there. Anyway I parked up and ran to this little car that was parked there and I noticed a lady sitting in the car and she was on her phone and normally I wouldn't I wouldn't interrupt honestly I mean that's really rude isn't it to interrupt when somebody's on the phone but I got really desperate and I knocked on the car window and I said to her look um, I'm just wondering am I allowed to park here and she said look I'm, I'm not sure um, and then as, as I was talking to her I noticed she'd been crying and I said to her um, are you okay um, and she said um, no not, not really and I said to her look I'm, I'm a Christian I can't even believe I said this I'm a Christian and um, I would love to pray with you if you felt comfortable and she said to me obviously when you're off the phone um, and she said to me that would be great Anyway, I said to her, look, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'll come back in about 10 minutes and if you're still here, I would love to pray with you. And she said, yeah, that'd be fine. Anyway, I went for my 10 minute walk, came back and she was gone. I got into my car and I started searching for a car park because I was running late for an appointment that I had. And um, as I was driving around, I noticed a shopping center. So I thought I'd park up there. I went into the shop, parked up, and started running to my appointment. And I went up, and I went past shop after shop after shop, and there I saw her, Diana, the lady that I had just seen in the car. Anyway, I went up to her, and we were both excited. We were like, "This is a bit freaky," you know, our paths crossing twice in one day. Anyway, she started pouring out her heart to me. And she said um, she's a 21, she was, sorry, she was 31 years old. Uh, She'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer a month before her baby was born. I mean, can you imagine that? How devastating. She said that the cancer had spread into her lymph glands and she was, she lives in London, but she came to Maidstone so she could have a CT scan in her brain. And, um, and she started sharing with me sort of just personally what she was going through and i said to her look i don't believe it's a coincidence that we met you know i'm a christian i believe in god and i really feel like god wants you to know that he's not forgotten you that he loves you and for some reason and and this was god i said and he wants you to know that he is real well, at that point she started getting emotional, starting to cry and I'm freaking out, we're in the middle of WH Smith and I'm like, oh no, what the heck have I said or done? Anyway, she then says to me that she had been listening to a guy on, um, on, on the internet who is a Christian and he'd just been healed from cancer and she was listening to his podcast, and his podcasts were about um, keys to breakthrough, and she was on day two, and guess what the subject was on day two? She just listened to it that morning. The subject was, God is real. What was amazing, isn't he beautiful? This is the kind of God we serve, guys. He is preparing people. He's longing for us to connect with them. Anyway, she said to me, and you know what? She said, I literally prayed this morning. She said, I'm an atheist, but I prayed this morning. If you're real, God, show me. I tell you what, the pair of us, WH Smith, jumping up and down just in awe of God, an atheist and I jumping up and down in awe of God. Isn't God lovely? See how he desperately loves people. It's amazing because... um, I remember thinking, God, you're so kind that you would send someone from flippin' Medway, someone from London, you'd bring us together in this moment to connect with them and to let them know that there's a God who deeply loves them. Do you know what? God is already working in hearts of men, women, children and young people. He's drawing them to himself. He's pursuing them because he loves them and he doesn't want to spend, he doesn't want to spend an eternity without them. That's the heart of God. Do you know you and I were Diana once, lost, broken and in need of rescuing until Jesus came into our lives and saved us who did God send you? Do you know there are so many Dianas in our world, so many Dianas who are struggling with life and wondering, is there a God who cares? Is there a God who can help me? God wants to send you to them. Do you know there are Dianas in your world? Dianas who God is already speaking to. People that you can only reach, that I can't reach. They're in your spheres of influence. People that are in your family, people that are in your workplace, in your school, in your university. Come on, at the gym, people that you're meeting, that only you can influence for God. He's placed you and them there for a purpose. Our heart is for everyone to know that there is a God who deeply loves them and he longs to connect with them. Do you know he sends us to befriend them, to love them, to care for them and to pray for them. And do you know what I love about God is he knows that this assignment is way too big for us to do on our own. We can't influence people's hearts for God. Only he can stir the human heart. But do you know what he does? He sends us a helper, and do you know what? The, do you know who the helper is? He's the Holy Spirit, exactly. So do you know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Amazing things happen, and it feels incredible, doesn't it? But do you know that when the Spirit of God fills us, it's not just for you. It's not just so that we're blessed. The Spirit of God it fills us so that we can bless others as well. There is so much in us that he wants to pour out onto those around us. We're called to go and impart something of the Spirit of God to everybody we come in contact with. In the book of Corinthians, Paul describes us as ministers of the Spirit. I love that, isn't that brilliant? That's what we are, we're ministers of the Spirit. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit daily and who want to impart something of the Spirit to everybody around us. Now you might be thinking, well Rhonda, that's a great idea, I love that, and that's probably a Gordon and a Natalie, but that's not me. I'm not an extrovert, I'm not an evangelist. Well, there's good news for you today. That's not what the Bible says. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with whether you're an extrovert or an evangelist. It has nothing to do with your ability, with your skill, with your talent, with how much you know. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God. That's what I felt like God wanted to say to you guys today. Don't think that's for others to do. He actually has called every one of us to be a witness because he has a whole world. He's longing to reconcile to himself. I felt like God wanted you to know that you've been equipped and you have been empowered to do this. And I want to read a verse for you. This verse is from 2 Corinthians 3, 4-6 4 to 6, and it says this: it says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. So another version says that He has qualified us to be ministers of this new covenant. Another version says He's made us worthy to be ministers of the new covenant. And some versions even say that he's made us sufficient because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We've been made sufficient. He has done it all. It's not about you and me. How good is that? But it's about him. Do you know what Paul's saying here? He's saying That him and his co-workers, all the authority that they have is not based on their skill or knowledge or their smarts. It's not based on their strength. It's only based on God's authority to act through them. He has made them by his grace sufficient, worthy, adequate, qualified and competent. Do you know the word minister there throws people? Because people think being a minister, you have to be trained. You have to go to Bible college to be a minister. Well, the word there is literally servant. How many people here are servants? Come on. Exactly. We're servants. That's a better interpretation of that verse. And what's beautiful is the word, the word there, servant, implies a humility It implies that we know that we cannot do this on our own, that we need God to do this through us. I love that God knows that we need him to do it. So guess what? There are no more excuses. No more excuses like I'm not gifted enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not smart enough to share the gospel of Jesus you and I have been made worthy, qualified, sufficient, competent to do it. And so I felt like God wanted to say to you guys today, the good news of the gospel is this, share it with whoever you come across, okay? Don't let the enemy rob you of your confidence. Don't let him silence you, which is what he wants to do to so many Christians. He wants to silence them because of fear but God says I've equipped you I've qualified you and do you know what I love about God he doesn't just qualify us qualify us he then empowers us to do it to be his witnesses acts 1:8 is one of my favorite verses and it says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, the word power here is dunamis power. It means miraculous strength, miraculous might. And it's a power through God's ability, not our own. We're talking about extraordinary power here. Jesus in Luke 24 describes it as being clothed with power. From on high. And do you know what's amazing? That verse, power from on high, reminds us of an Old Testament reference of Gideon. Do you remember Gideon? He was he was um, a judge of Israel and he was so scared. Where There's a picture of him in Judges 6 where he's, um, he's hiding from the Midianites. And God says to him, you're a mighty warrior. And he's like, who, me? You're talking about me? He was hiding from the enemy. And what's beautiful is he says to God, he says, God, but I'm the least of of my people. I'm the least of the tribes of, of Judah, as if God forgot and has made a mistake. But then the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him and clothed him with power. And then what Gideon did, what God did through Gideon was phenomenal. They defeated one of, the most, one of the largest armies at that time. There were 600 of them and there were 120,000 Midianites. And God defeated them through Gideon. And what was amazing was that was an example of dunamis power that was an example and there are examples throughout the whole of the old testament of people being clothed with power from on high to do mighty exploits to do you know to bring great courage and to bring victory against all odds that's dunamis power but you know the difference is this when god gave that kind of power to people in the old testament it was a one off experience it was for one specific situation But what's amazing now is that we have access to the Holy Spirit every day for every situation that we might face, for every moment that we need him. We see here Jesus' disciples being transformed completely like Gideon was. They were transformed from timid, fearful men who were so scared to being courageous, passionate men, willing to risk their lives for the gospel. The Holy Spirit did that. Do you remember Peter? He was so afraid of of mentioning the name of Jesus in front of a handful of people. He denied Jesus. And then when the Holy Spirit came, oh my goodness, he was empowered and he preached before thousands. The Holy Spirit did that. He did that in the Old Testament. He does it in the New Testament. And guess what? He wants to do it today in you and me. Jesus says that you will be my witnesses. In a courtroom, a witness basically describes what they've seen and heard. That's all they do. The followers of Jesus did the same they explained the transformation of God in their lives. Do you know, I love that Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. This is personal, guys. This isn't just sharing the facts. This is us sharing the, you know, it's about a personal intimate relationship with God. This is about us sharing our story of how God transformed us. And do you know what? you've got a story to share and your story is so precious. No one can argue with you about your story. That's your experience. So how can we share the news about Jesus? Firstly, it starts by making sure that we are intentionally spending time with non-Christians. I don't know about you, but I can get so busy with work, family and life that it's so easy to not spend time with non-Christians in our life. I met somebody recently and I I asked her, who are the non-Christians that you're praying for in your world? And she said to me, I don't have any. And it just grieved me. Close proximity is crucial to sharing the gospel. Spend time with your non-Christian friends. Go out to coffee with them. Invite them to the pub. Um, Bring them over. Invite them over for dinner. Book times in your diary. Literally, write it in your diary so you don't forget to do it every week to spend time with your non-Christian friends, regularly loving them and caring for them. And just watch what God does. You know, one of relational mission's core values is that we nurture a culture where everyone is a witness. And this flows out of a deep love for people. And it's shared through words, works, and wonders. Let me start with words. Paul says in Romans 10 14, How shall they, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Do you know if we want to be faithful witnesses and fruitful witnesses we need to know how to communicate the gospel in a really simple and easy way. We need to find a way of speaking out about God that's easy and natural for us to do. Now what it looks like for me may be very different to what it looks like for you. What's a natural way for you to share the gospel? And do you know what, it's easier than we think let's say you're at work and a colleague says to you and and people often ask you what did you do on the weekend one of the things we can do is say well actually i went to church this sunday and it was amazing and do you know what i think it would simply shock people the concept that church is an amazing and exciting place to be like really you know simply saying that If they ask you, you know what? What is it that's different about you? You don't seem to gossip about people when others start gossiping. What is it about you? Why do you not do that? What an incredible opportunity to share your story. I just wanna share with you a simple yet powerful tool that I think can really, really make a difference in sharing the gospel and it's really easy. And it's practicing giving your testimony in 15 seconds or less. You might be thinking that's impossible. I thought it was impossible because I love catching up with people. 15 seconds to share your life story, come on. Is that possible? Well, it is, and this is what it looks like. Two words, find two words that describe what your life was like before you met Jesus, okay? Then two words to describe how you came to follow Jesus. And then two words to describe what your life looks like now, I've got a sheet for you, so don't, you don't have to write this down. I promise I'll, I'll get it to you. Um, I'm gonna share mine and I want somebody to, to, to record it. Can somebody time it for me? Because I'd be impressed if I was under 15. Ready, yeah. set, go. There was a time in my life when I was very selfish and life was meaningless. I met Jesus and I was forgiven and filled with joy. Now I have a sense of purpose and I love serving others. 14.99, woo, come on, All I can say is if I can do it, you guys can do it. Okay, later I've got a sheet and I'm gonna get you guys to literally do it now and then share it in your groups. But So that's an example of words, how we can share the gospel in words. Secondly, works. Now, it's not just about speaking words, is it? It's actually about demonstrating the heart and character of God and I don't know about you but I know that people watch our lives. People watch you and I to see how we live how we respond under stress, how we cope with family life, how we cope with work, people are watching our lives. The real witness is not often our words, but it's the way we live our life. There was a reporter named Henry Stanley, and he was the guy who discovered that the explorer, David Livingstone, was alive in Central Africa, and he went and spent some time with him. And this is what he said after spending time with David Livingstone, this amazing, godly Christian man. He said this, if I had been with him any longer, I would have been compelled to become a Christian. (laughs) and he never spoke to me about it at all." That's the power of an irresistible life, where people look at us and they go, wow, there's something about you that I long for. Galatians 6.10 says this, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to the people of faith, to the household of God. Now, doing good is a vital part of witnessing. What about setting yourselves an assignment? And I try and do this every week where you do one act of kindness or one good good deed to a neighbor or a friend or a person from the household of God. But I'm really focusing on, you know, non-Christians here. One good deed, one act of kindness Honestly, write it in your diary and see what God does with that. I had one lady in our small group mention that um, at work, she's got this lady who is keeps stealing their lunches. Like, can you believe that? How rude is that? She keeps, honestly, raiding the fridge at work and stealing people's lunches. And people are, like, really annoyed with her. And I said to her, we all said to her, look, why don't you make her some gorgeous African food? Like, you're an awesome cook. Make her some African food and take it to her occasionally and just bless her. Ask God for one act of kindness good deed a week and and do it so that you show somebody love because it reflects the character and heart of God and actually it becomes a habit and it becomes a lifestyle of loving people well. John Wimber in his book Power Evangelism said this, he said, "Um, most people respond to acts of mercy and kindness but they also respond to demonstrations of power. Now, that's what I love here. We're not just into acts of kindness for acts of kindness' sake. We want the power of God to be demonstrated. So wonders, our responsibility as a witness is to show Jesus' love, to feel compassion, and to offer prayer. And that's the thing I wanna encourage you guys offer prayer to the people in your world who don't know jesus and just watch what god does now you'll be surprised i ask people often can i pray for you can i pray for you can i pray for you um even strangers in the street let alone my friends and and and, and you know neighbors i've only had maybe a handful that have said no you will be surprised how many people would value prayer, especially after COVID especially after COVID, people's hearts are so much more open than we can imagine. I had a sick friend of mine and she was going in for major heart surgery. We had coffee and then I said to her, look, can I pray with you before you go in? She said, yeah, please. I prayed for her. At the end of the prayer, she looked at me as if to say, what the heck just happened? She felt the love and the presence of God. And she felt this warmth and literal peace come over her. And I said to her, that was God, the Holy Spirit. Offer prayer to people. And I just want to encourage you, watch what God does, honestly. And do you know what? You might be somebody who says, no, the thought of praying for somebody completely freaks me out. Well, even just a simple prayer like Lord, would you please bless my friend, Natalie? I pray in Jesus' name. God moves. Like, honestly, it doesn't have to be sophisticated or complex, simple. Lord, would you please help Nick come through this difficult situation? Offer prayer and watch what God does. And do you know what? I wanna encourage you to share it with each other. Share it here, because there's something powerful. The Word of God says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the power of their testimony. So share it here. Share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I've had some ugly times where I've shared the gospel and it went horribly wrong. Expect those. Expect that you're going to be rejected. Expect that it's going to go wrong terribly, and that's okay. But go again because the heart behind it is that you. Sh- we want to. we want to rejoice over your courage to share the gospel. Okay? That's what we want to celebrate, courage. John the Baptist said that when Jesus comes, he is gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's what God did to his disciples and that's what he wants to do for us. So my question to you today is this, just like his disciples were empowered and equipped to share the gospel, I just wanna ask you, are you willing to say yes to Jesus? I am willing to be a witness for you. I'm scared, but I'm willing, because God can work with a willing heart. Would you pray with me? Father, I just wanna thank you for Hope Church. Thank you for this beautiful group of people who love you deeply, Lord, and who love this city. And Father, I wanna pray that you would give them courage to put their testimony together and opportunities for them to share it. I wanna pray that you would help them do good deeds and so generously good deeds and kind acts in their community. And Father, I pray that you'd give them courage to offer prayer and see the power of God displayed in people's lives. I want to pray for incredible fruitfulness in these guys' hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.